Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today our guest is John Erickson. John is the uh, Brainerd Public Schools Volunteer Archivist Curator. John, welcome to Community Focus. Well, thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, I heard about this uh, uh, a while back that they were uh, starting this. And give us a little uh, background on how this all came about. It came about because I wandered into uh, Torrance from Auditorium <laughs> one day about a year and a half ago to talk to Earl Willett, the buildings guy. I wanted to have his permission to photograph within Washington High School for my 50th class reunion that was coming up. And as we walked out the back of Tornstrom, I looked up at the display cases across the hall, and I said to Earl, these look like they haven't really changed in the last 30 years. And Earl said, you're probably right. I said, I'd be happy to work on them. He says, I've got to take that up with someone else. And he did. And a couple days later, I got a call from Steve Lund asking me if I would become the first Brainerd Public Schools archivist curator as a volunteer. And I, before talking to my wife, agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. So what are you charged with? What is your task, if you will? Well, the main task, I think, is to try to catch up 150 years of uh, history that we have not been collecting in the Brainerd Public Schools. Uh, That typically takes the form of uh, artifacts, documents, photographs, and, of course, with modern technology and concepts of history retention, we've gone into other things as well, oral histories, for example, websites, and so forth. Um, collecting them is a challenge because we don't have lists of people that we can go out and solicit. And I'm very grateful to you and WJJY for having me here today to help with that. So the first thing is to collect and preserve. And once we've done that, then we have obligations about making the collection accessible to the extent law permits and reasonable under archival practices to the public, mm-hmm. uh, and then to, to project it into the community. So we do uh, displays in the high school and at Washington as well. Yeah. I know uh, when they started the community homecoming a few years ago, there was a great photo exhibit mm-hmm. that was on display. I think it was in Washington. Uh, and just to look at those old pictures and some of the old letter jackets and so on that were on display <laughs> – was fascinating. It is, and and things of that sort are uh, almost the easy ones to think about, uh, pictures and letter jackets, although we don't have as many letter jackets, hint, hint, as I would (laughs) like to have. There are some back in the 50s and 40s and 30s that I have not seen anything of. Photographs are fairly common, and yet they're somewhat challenging because oftentimes they're not accompanied by dates and people. Descriptions, yeah. Yeah, but but what they do do, the photographs do, is they show what people look like and how they dressed and hairstyles and so forth back (laughs) in the day. They actually did uh, a similar thing in connection with a pending exhibit that's on now at the high school called uh, Apollo 8 and Brainerd High School, 50 Years of Opening Doors. And so it, it takes into account Apollo 8's 50th anniversary coming up December 24th of this year, and the rather traumatic year of 1968, 50 years ago, 
in which Brainerd High School opened its doors to the first graduating class in the new so-called new school, mm-hmm. which graduated in the spring of 69. So as part of that exhibit, there are many parts to it. It's a major exhibit. Wow. Uh, as part of that exhibit, I scanned photographs from the 1969 yearbook, which had fall 1968 photographs in it. And they're on display in the middle of a uh, long display of, among other things, photographs from 1968, which includes Vietnam, um, Detroit burning, and so forth. Wow. A couple of national conventions, a couple of uh, assassinations, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the most tumultuous years in the history of the United States. And so I'm fortunate to be able to bring some of this to the public and to organize it in a a way that makes some sense. I I sit at a crossroads of information flow. Uh, I can pick up things that somebody knows uh, over here, and somebody else knows over here, and somebody else knows over there, and they tell me, but they don't tell each other. And mm. if I can bring that together in a coherent way, there is a story to be told. And as you know, both of you, I'm sure, there's nothing more capturing than to say, let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go from there. And if you can do it with artifacts, if you can do it with holding something up and showing to whom you're speaking— something about that time period, then it's all the more compelling. And mm-hmm. people really get into it. Yeah. So uh, obviously part of what we're doing here today is to get the word out. Yes. And let people know that you would love to uh, have a look at these items. Now my next question is, <laughs> do they turn them over to you? Do you make copies? Is that letter jacket of dads from 19-whenever going to get returned to them? How does that all work, John? Well, we much prefer, and this is true of archives across the country, it's problematic in the extreme to be uh, borrowing. Mm -hmm. We have to track things. There's already a considerable amount of uh, information uh, retention data that we have to keep so we can find these things 50 years from now within our archives, much less try to track loans. So our preference is gifting. And on that point, I say this. You know, if we don't gift these kinds of potentially significant assets to an institution. At some point, we're going to pass on. And our heirs, uniformly, I find, are very much less interested in what those items are. Mm -hmm. Better to give it, better to let the public have the benefit of of your life, uh, and we'll preserve it and we'll do something appropriate with it. Um, I've seen that time and time again, both in life and also in the work that I'm doing now. There is one uh, interesting story on that, if I can quickly digress. Please. Um, in 19, the fall of 1940, the homecoming queen was a woman by the name of Jackie um, Olson. And she graduated in the spring of 1941, so she is of the class of 1941, which is something of a significant year, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, she became the uh, scrapbook keeper of the class of 1941 mostly women, collecting newspaper clippings and other odds and ends Mm -hmm. over the years so that that scrapbook became uh, probably about four, five, six inches thick. Oh, my gosh. Passed on from time to time. She married a baton survivor, Lee McDonald, and he died uh, shortly after he returned, one of the few graduates from Brainerd High School who did return. Many died there. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, when she um, became in her late 
mid-90s. Uh, we were able to contact her along with representatives from the 194th Tank Battalion to take an oral history of her. Oh, wow. At which point wow. she said, well, I have some things, oh. uh, including the scrapbook. Um, now, Jackie was a wonderful lady. We have a, a great interview from her, and eventually we'll get that up on a website drop-down from the Brainerd Public Schools website. Mm. So it'll be accessible to the entire public, uh, hopefully forever. Unfortunately, Jackie died 10 days after we interviewed her, which oh also gosh. goes to show the importance of getting oral histories done in a timely fashion and also the conveyance of information like the artifacts. Within a short period of time after her death, her family brought to our office, I think, three chock-full boxes of uh, memorabilia, artifacts of all sorts, big, important, obvious ones, small you might think unimportant from the time, but very important as we look at them historically, artifacts, which are now wow. in the archives. Thank you, Jackie McDonald. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome story. You, As I mentioned, uh, letter jackets and photos, you said oh, those are the obvious ones. Yes. But now you mentioned something like oral history. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's you, you guys do it every day here. Right? I mean, you're taping this. Uh, We're making some kind of history. Of and, and, and it'll be available for the public mm-hmm. if the public wants to hear it at some point in time. And um, yes, oral histories are very significant. They take time to record. They take some skill to ask the right questions, to elicit the right kinds of answers. Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of stories out there, and people are passing on every day. And those who aren't passing on are forgetting. We all do. Uh, and and we can't we can't quantify all of history. We can't make it all into an artifact. Artifacts, as we look at them, stimulate recollection, but we can't make all artifacts into history. Oral histories are remarkable ways of of capturing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Some things might, like you've already said this, some things that you think are minute and unimportant actually become very important. And I'm thinking of, well, even my parents who saved some of the tests that I had in elementary school oh, yeah. and signed by teachers. And those are all artifacts, are they? Oh, not? absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll just give you two quick examples. One, um, this happens from time to time. I walked into my office one day at Washington, a small cubbyhole that's been cut out for me, given the space considerations. And there was a slide rule oh, on my desk. Okay. Now, 50 years ago, a slide rule would not have been considered to be an artifact. (laughs) But it definitely is an artifact now. And Mm -hmm. so I was grateful to receive that into the archives and will be able to hold it up and say, does anybody know what this is? That's one Mm -hmm. example. Two other examples quickly. One is in 1968, there was an opening of the new high school, uh, a, a grand opening. And there were pamphlets that were prepared showing pictures and costs and who were uh, citizens on the advisory committees and so forth, of the new high school. It was about five by six and several pages long. They're the kind of thing that you pick up, take home, and throw away. My parents picked one up, took it home, and put it in my 1967 yearbook. Oh, wow. Neat. When I found that as I was working on joining the Brainerd Public Schools as the archivist, that pamphlet dropped out of the yearbook. And I'm willing to bet that there aren't any others of those around. But now it's a beautiful artifact of the time. The last item I'll tell you about is an 1872 spelling book Mm -hmm. 
that was found by Lori Potvin Wig and uh, her brothers in the Potvin family when they acquired the next door house. Uh, belonged to a student by the name of uh, Katie Walker, who signed her name in it, and it was hiding, so to speak, in the walls of the house. Wow. And when the house was deconstructed for renovation purposes, out it popped, and the Potvin family gifted that to Brainerd Public Schools. Wow. Can you imagine? Oh, the history. It that. stimulates a lot of conversation, yeah. believe me. I, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question I have, John, is so... Uh, if we have listeners that are going, wait a minute, I think I have something that John would be interested in. It's in my attic. How does one get a hold of you? I can be reached at 218-330-1780. I can be reached on email at brainerd.history at isd181.org. And I can be reached by having people simply bring in and leaving contact information whatever the item might be, at the front desk of what's now known as Washington Educational Services Building on Oak Street or the front desk at the high school. All right. Wow. Well, I hope you get a lot of good stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's like Christmas. <laughs> it's like Christmas every day. You never know yeah. what's going to walk in. Yeah. Sure. So this is kind of that collection period, if you will. You're already starting to do some displays, but – uh, will will you be um, notifying the public when there are uh, events and displays that we can access? And is that another phase that's coming up? No, it's already happened and happening. I have assembled and mounted, I think it's six or eight uh, exhibitions at the high school uh, over the course of the last year and a half. Uh, some of them are major. Some of them are smaller. There will be ongoing exhibitions coming up. For example, we have... Uh, in March of this coming year, we have National Women's History Month, and there will be a major exhibit of uh, 20 women of Brainerd High School hmm. who have done interesting things in life. We'll, we'll project ourselves out that way, both to our students and to the community. We also have a Facebook page, Brainerd Archives, Brainerd Public Schools Archives, pardon me, and on that Facebook page, we regularly project what's going on, what are some of the interesting things that have come to, to into the archives. And um, we also use uh, Share Brainerd, uh, Share History and Stories about Brainerd Lakes area, also a Facebook page, as well as Class uh, of Whatever Facebook pages. And we will have the, uh, the drop-down website at some point. I also am willing to speak in the community. I would love to speak in the community and bring along some of those things that really become eye-catching. There's some great stories that there's not time enough to share with you here that are begging to be told, telling about the people of our community back over 100 years now. That would be so fascinating. It is extremely fascinating. And again, I'm at an intersection that I'm fortunate to be able to see the links between generations. If we had 10 minutes, and we don't, I would tell you a story about three men that graduated from our high school starting in 1905 and ending in 1938 with the last one dying in about 2005. A hundred years, intersections of history in their lives Mm -hmm. where they came together in places you can't even imagine. Uh, So they're great stories, and they're begging to be heard. Yeah, Mm. fascinating. Well, I am anxious to see what becomes of this. Uh, like you say, already there is some just wonderful history that is being told, and we'll look forward to it. 
Uh, just another question for you. Yes. I know you're, this is kind of a volunteer effort on yes. your behalf or on your part. Um, can folks, besides bringing in these items and these stories, is there any other help that you need or you're looking for maybe someone to, to work with you or help you with this? I appreciate ask, you're asking that question, Tess. Yes, the answer is yes. There, volunteers have to be vetted through the school district. But okay. um, I very much want to have people who are interested in taking oral histories. They take time, and I don't have enough time to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. The other thing that that people might be able to do is to assist and perhaps even take over major responsibility for uh, the exhibits. They take considerable time on my part. The uh, uh, Apollo 8 and Brainerd uh, High School exhibit now at the high school uh, took probably just in the installation of it the better part of 20 hours. Mm, and okay. then there's a lot of preparation time behind it. And so with some training, I'd like to be able to put more volunteers to work doing these things to free me up to do other things. Okay. Right. And they can contact you again through those uh, ways we've mentioned earlier? Yes, I'd welcome the calls. Okay. All right. Again, that phone number is 330-1780. Yes. 218 area code. Uh, please check it out, Brainerd Public Schools Archives on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, start looking through your attic right now. I am the I am the garbage collector for everybody. Give it to me. Don't throw it away. And again, don't think that what you have isn't important because it could be the missing link to something. Absolutely. That small item might mm-hmm. be just fascinating to who knows who, including 100 years from now. Yeah. yeah. Very well said. Game on. All right. Sean, best of luck with yeah, this task. I, and uh, oh, oh, I can't wait to see some of the things that are put out there. Thank Th- you. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Sean Erickson is the Brainerd Public Schools volunteer archivist curator, and we thank him for being here today. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. And again, we remind you that Community Focus available anytime at our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com.